This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The first time I ever saw a working dog, I was four or five years old, and there was a dog helping a visually impaired lady cross Ponce de Leon in downtown Atlanta. As always, my mother took great care and concern explaining everything that dog was doing, listening for cars, watching for cars and other people, making sure when the light changed, they had time to cross the street. I was amazed. I mean, we had a dog, but he couldn't do any of that. (laughs) And she explained that this dog was at work. Not just a family pet, but literally he had a job. And I told her that I didn't know dogs could have jobs. And she said to me, you've seen other dogs working on farms, herding animals. You've seen dogs in movies, that's a job. Like Lassie had a job. I had never thought about it that way. She said that our local jewelry store had that watchdog. And of course, I knew that dogs would sometimes search and chase down escaped convicts. So my mind was blown. I did know all of those things to be true. I knew that dogs did have jobs. I just never really thought about it. And I certainly didn't know they had jobs where they helped people. Well, later in my career, of course, I've been very fortunate to work with dogs many, many times. Canines searching for bombs, missing elderly, lost children, finding dope, firearms, and of course, an escaped prisoner or two. I've even seen the difference these incredible creatures have made in the lives of folks suffering and in need of therapy dogs. Dogs can even help identify medical issues like alerting somebody to a seizure before it happens. I've seen in person canines that responded to the Olympic Park bombing in Atlanta and to the 9-11 terror attacks. We owe so much to these incredible animals. One of the things that I've been lucky enough to do more than one time is watch Trey Sargent work. Now, y'all, when I tell you work, 
I mean, she works. We have searched for evidence behind a home. She went down to South Georgia for me on a missing person. We have worked a murder case, searching for evidence in the woods. We've even worked a Dixie Mafia case together. Trace has never told me no when I've called and asked for her help. Not once. Now, I want y'all to understand, she's got dogs that are expertly trained. They need water. They need food. They need vest. Her car needs gasoline. She needs food and water. She's never asked me for anything. To tell you a little bit about her career, she is a Ph.D. candidate. She has animals that she trains and has on ready for movies. So if sometimes you see a turtle or a bird or a goat in a movie, could absolutely be one of hers. So on top of these canines that assist law enforcement and do search and rescue, she's got her hand in a lot of other stuff. She even has her own podcast. This is a very accomplished, very busy woman, and we were lucky enough to get her on the Melissa Wolfenberger case. I'm going to quit talking so we can get Trace in here because not only is she fascinating, the way she talks about her dogs is just, it's awesome. So Trace Sargent, welcome to Zone 7. Well, thank you, Cheryl. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. I've been doing this for many years, and people are still fascinated by what these dogs can do and, and all the different areas that you've mentioned. How did you get into this, Trace? That's a really good question, Cheryl. And when I'm asked that, it's not a real simple answer, uh, but I will give you the watered-down Reader Digest version of it. So many years ago, I was busy with school and work, and I was having to work to put myself through college and just kind of the craziness of all that. I didn't have any animals at the time, but but I grew up with dogs and uh uh, nothing, you know, special as far as working dogs, but just your regular loved pet. So when I finished college, I knew I wanted to get a dog, but I also knew that I wanted to do something special or different with that dog. I had no idea what that would be, but I knew I wanted something more than just a companion. So as luck would have it, I was living in Alabama at the time. That's where I'm originally from, and I currently live in Georgia now. And met a lot of folks in Alabama that did a lot of different things with dogs, such as agility and obedience and things like that. I did locate a local breeder that bred some German Shepherds. And in my research, I discovered that German Shepherds were really a perfect match for me. And they really are a great fit for me and my breed of choice, so to speak, and the kind of work I do. Although I've worked other dogs and other breeds do incredibly well with this kind of work as well. But for me, particularly, I started with German Shepherds, so I kind of have a special place in my heart for them. So I see this litter of puppies, and one comes running to me, and, and I really want to emphasize that I truly did not know what, in, what end of the dog barked when I started on this <laughs> journey. And I'm not exaggerating about that. I knew nothing about training a dog, knew nothing about drives and instincts and what, what entails a working dog. And and all of those things that are so important for these dogs and all the different jobs that we ask them to do. With that being said, the first puppy that comes running to me, it was love at first sight. And um, as I said, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with the dog. But as Faith would have it, 
uh, it stepped in and it planted that seed for me. And that is a article that was from Reader's Digest, and I still have it to this day, about a woman with a German shepherd that found a missing three-year-old child. And something just, a light bulb came on. And I thought, wow, you know what? I don't know what's involved, but something just really hit home with me. And I thought to myself, I don't know, you know, how to do this. I don't know where to start. But it, if she can do it, I can do it too. And that's kind of started my journey and kind of an accidental road to discovering what I was supposed to do with my life and what I was really born to do and what I was so lucky to find my passion in life. And I've recognized over the years, not many people are lucky to find that especially at such a young age. But I was. No question. My favorite part of that whole story is that little dog found you. (laughs) Yeah, it was an incredible, what I didn't know at the time, a life-changing moment for me. So I realized this cute, adorable little fuzzy puppy was going to be big and probably much stronger than me in very short time. So that's when I realized I needed to reach out to people that that understood what German Shepherds were about and how to train them. And and I met some amazing people along the way, but it just, again, wasn't exactly what I was looking for. But when I read that article, that's when I realized, wow, that's what I'm supposed to do. With that said, again, still living in Alabama, I started making some phone calls. Some people kept telling me about this particular deputy sheriff that was, unbeknownst to me, was kind of a legend in his own way there with the local sheriff's office. And they said, listen, if you want to know about working dogs and what's involved in searching for people and how to train them and and all the ins and outs, he's the go-to guy. I would like to emphasize (laughs) that the best part about my life at that point in time and years after that and getting involved in the things that I have gotten involved with over the years is that I was young, dumb, stupid, and naive. (laughs) I had no idea what I was getting myself into. That's the best combination, isn't it? It really is. Now, if I know now what I, you know, what I know now back then, I'd probably say, are you out of your mind? Why would you even think about doing something like that? But I didn't. So it helped when you're young, dumb, stupid, naive, and quite frankly, fearless, because I just I just really had no concept of what it was all about. And it was this amazing, grand adventure. So with that said, being young and stupid, I thought, oh, well, I'll just call him up (laughs) to see, you know, if he would, uh, you know, at least give me some advice or suggestions on what to do. And it was some time before we even got together. We met and he evaluated my dog at the time was his name was Zach. He said, well, he seems like a pretty nice dog. And and he said, you seem pretty, pretty committed to this. And I tell you what, I will uh, make you a deal. I'm always looking for people to lay tracks for my two dogs, which was a German Shepherd and a Bloodhound. And uh, if you do that, I will help you train your dog and show you, you know the ins and outs. And I thought, well, that's wonderful. What does laying tracks mean? Well, that's a good question. So laying tracks, the difference 
is, and, and I will be happy to explain this in more detail, but just the laying tracks, and I'll go into um, the different things that dogs do for us in reference to finding people and evidence. But laying tracks, if you think of the concept of a rabbit or a deer, is that we use the dog's natural drive to hunt down prey. Instead of, let's say, a wolf or a coyote running down a rabbit and deer to hunt it and kill it to eat it, Dogs have those same instincts and drives. We just channel those drives. So when somebody lays a track, so I would ask you, for example, Cheryl, I would, I need you to lay a track for me. So you would go, you know, a hundred yards, turn right, go a couple hundred yards, turn left and, and go about a hundred more yards and hide somewhere. So that way the dog is able to quote, follow your track. And that's part of their training and their maintenance and their conditioning and things like that. But we really, I would like to emphasize in all of this, I really can't take much credit for these dogs. And I've learned that over the years. We just channel those natural drives these dogs already have. They really have superpowers. And after all the years I've been doing this, it's still like magic watching them work. It truly is incredible how effortless and how happy that these dogs do the work that we ask them to do. And I do get that question a lot. How do you make your dogs do this? I don't. I'm just the chauffeur. I'm the cleanup crew. I'm the hairdresser. I'm the chef. I'm all of that. But I don't make these dogs do this. Uh, They absolutely love it. And I can attest to that. I've seen it. They cannot wait for you to come get them out of the car. Yes, absolutely. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. 
in that journey and all of this, meeting uh, Joe was his name. He's passed away. He's He passed away years ago. Him and some other folks, uh, of course, being in law enforcement, my father, uh, he too has passed away, was a firefighter EMT. So I at least had a little bit of exposure in the public safety world, but nothing like the things that uh, Joe and the other folks taught me the ins and outs of law enforcement that I realized this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And that led to, okay, I'm searching for this person and I actually find them and they're hurt. What do I do? I don't know how to take care of them. So that's when I became an EMT. And then hanging out with the other folks as far as firefighters and EMAs, which is emergency management agency personnel. Uh, of course, the law enforcement folks, all of that, I realized, my gosh, y'all actually get get paid to have this much fun. I cannot believe this. So that's when I became a firefighter. And then I realized I need some ham radio operator experience on how to operate a radio. So I became a ham radio operator from there. Um, and of course, the law enforcement part of it and through all of that. And I think it's important to share with your listeners, as well as you, Cheryl, all the things that I've done in my life, like you mentioned about the movies and production world that just literally exploded here in Georgia. I have my own farm and I have working dogs for that. I'm actually was a regional representative for a nationwide company that actually places service dogs for like uh, physically challenged individuals. And I did that a number of years, extremely rewarding. And I say all that to say all the things that I've done in my life, the dogs have always been the keystone, always. That never changed. And to this day, that has not changed. From reading that Reader's Digest article to meeting Joe, which became my mentor, to meeting the other law enforcement folks and the other public safety professionals, that's when I realized that's what I'm supposed to do with my life. From there, doors opened and adventures happened (laughs) that I wasn't even aware of, meaning that I'm on a federal task force team. I've been on international missions. I've been around the country uh, doing missing person cases, some of them very high profile. And of course, a lot of cases here in Georgia and Alabama. I've worked bomb dogs. I did that over in Iraq for a number of years. I've worked with, again, especially trained dogs that help people with physical challenges and disabilities. Um, Of course, uh, my farm dogs, all of that. But people know me most as a subject matter expert in missing person cases, both dead and alive. I mean, I've worked with numerous agencies and your name will come up when we're putting together any type of team. It's something you should be really proud of because you have built something that is extraordinary. Well, I appreciate that, Cheryl. All the things that I've done, it's been as a volunteer basis. And um, it it never occurred to me to ever make money doing this. And I I want listeners to know that um, this is a very expensive endeavor. I don't do it for the money. I never have and I never will. When I did these things, it was with my own personal dogs. I never had an agency dog. I always use my own personal dogs because that gave me a lot of flexibility to be able to help whoever needs it. That has really, I didn't realize it when I first started this, but that really helped out a lot. Sometimes, you know, 
some people weren't happy with that, and and I'm a, I understand that. But for me, it was never about politics, and and uh, I would say the best statement I can explain on that is that I always put people before politics, and principles before policies. And I can attest to it. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. You know, one thing that you mentioned that I want to really stress to the young people listening and the older people, too, it don't matter. When it's your dog, somebody can't tell you what you can or can't do with it. And I think that was brilliant, even though you might not have started it because of that. It's a fabulous result of it. I would agree. Even when I was working with the local sheriff's office, uh, I I was... um, running down, oh my gosh, cop killers, rapists, murderers, thugs, you name it. Uh, and, and the good Lord and my poor guardian angel, I know, is worn completely out. But uh, it's done a really good job over the years because there's been a lot of times, I, I got to be honest, Cheryl, I, I don't understand why I survived. I don't understand why I lived through that. But I'm so thankful that I did. I think, Cheryl, you you may get this feedback from folks, you know, hey, it's amazing what you do and how exciting and how cool and sexy and all of that. And I get that, too, especially with the dogs. But I'm like, you see 10 seconds of my life. <laughs> it's a very, very short snapshot. It's not glamorous. It's not um, for the lighthearted. And uh, it, it's not a lot of things. People ask, you know, how do you not get, you know, depressed or frustrated or mad or angry or whatever, or get just all caught up in, again, the the high emotionally charged kind of things that these, especially uh, homicide cases, can can really, really cause a lot of lot of uh, a lot of good things, but a lot of you know, really weird things too. And I just tell folks, I just stay focused on why I'm doing this and what's really important. And that is these families that have found themselves in a horrible, horrible, unimaginable nightmare and a living hell. And I've worked with so many families over the years that I have come to recognize it doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, why their loved one is missing. What matters is that The not knowing is the absolute worst life that these people can live. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Karen Greer and I, did you talk, you know, you heard Karen last week, but we talked over and over and over. Who should we bring on this first grouping? And I wanted an eclectic group, but I wanted a group that I knew would jail immediately, get on the same page immediately. And again, we had Assistant District Attorney Adrian Love, Investigator Stein, Melissa's mama, Norma, her sister, Tina, Dr. Dwayne Thompson, myself and Karen, and of course, Trace. And when Trace pulls up in her big old red truck, and you can already hear the dogs barking, They know they're going to work. They're excited. And she's got her vest on, and she's got their water, and she's got everything. And she takes time to speak to everybody to make sure she understands the layout. You know, where do you think this happened? Where was this found? Where was that found? So that when her dogs are alerting or pulling her somewhere, she's going to understand why that possibly makes sense. When I tell you I'm watching a partnership, almost like a couple ice skating, like her and her dogs are so in sync. She understands exactly what they're doing and where it looked to me. I was going to tell y'all, it looked to me like that first dog was pulling her, dragging her in the woods. Trace never missed a beat or a step. Now in Georgia, In the summer, the woods get thick and we have kudzu that takes over everything and there's briars and it's hard to make your way through any of it if you have a hatchet. Well, that dog just disappeared and Trace disappeared right behind him. It was like nothing I've ever seen in my life. It was like the woods just swallowed them whole. And I could hear the dog. I could hear Trace. And then I didn't hear anything for a long time. And then they both emerged out of the woods. And she got ready to run the second dog. Now, Trace, tell them why at a scene like Melissa's on Avon Avenue, which is for all purposes a small crime scene for you to search, why is it important to have two dogs or more? It's important to let the viewer or listeners know what inspired me to do that. It actually happened years ago. Not to get too personal, but it was part of this journey that I have, you know, been on with my dogs, and I've had a number of dogs over the years. So if we go back to the Natalie Holloway case, 
which happened many years ago. I was still living in Alabama at the time. And uh, long story short, I was on a case in Georgia, and it was for a a nine-year-old girl that had been missing for, I think, over 20 years. But uh, that day changed my life. And that that was the case where Logan, looking for her remains, had actually slipped down a very steep embankment. And he went to the edge of the road. And as a car came around, it hit him in the head and killed him instantly. It really, really hit me hard because these dogs are more than just team members to me. They're family. I just felt that day that I failed him. He never failed me. He always protected me. He always protected my life because I trusted him 100%. And that just, it took me a while to get over that one. But I also learned from my experience with Logan, I will never, ever be without at least two, sometimes three working dogs at any one time. So, you know, it's kind of worked out for the best now. It has worked out. And from an investigative standpoint, as a crime scene investigator, when you work two dogs and both dogs go to the same area and alert and both dogs are giving you the same information, then that's just a money tree. It is. And it's, you know, it's the old saying that, you know, two heads are better than one. Well, two noses are better than one. Not to say that one dog is better than the other, But it does help not only from an investigative point of view, but also from a prosecution point of view to say that this wasn't just an anomaly. This wasn't just one dog just having an interesting day, but we have not only one, but two and now three confirmed hits in the same area. So now we got to figure out why do these dogs do this? Is it connected to what we're looking for? Does it have anything to do with the case? that we're involved with, or is it something totally unrelated? And, you know, I was talking to Karen Greer and Dwayne Thompson the other day, and I told them a couple of weeks ago, I was back on scene on Avon Avenue. And now is almost the perfect time because it's warm, but all the leaves are gone. All the brush is back. You can see just easy walking, you know, large, like rusted type machinery and cans and bottles and mattresses, it might be a better time to search than when we originally went there. Well, Cheryl, you bring up an excellent point. And one of the things I've learned over the years, again, when I started this, I I really had blinders on that, okay, I have a dog. I got to go find something. (laughs) I got to go find something. Uh, We're looking for a human, you know, that's run away. We're looking for, you know, a homicide victim. We're looking for evidence. But what I've actually learned, and I would say that has changed in my strategic approach to these cases, not only from the dog's perspective, but also from an investigative perspective, as far as how I approach different areas, is that it's important for people, and I share this with folks, when we talk about detection dogs, they do not find bombed bodies and drugs for us. And people look at me like, well, okay, but isn't that what they're trained to do? Aren't they trained to find drugs and bombs and, and people? And I would say, no, they are trained to find scent. So my mindset when I'm 
searching in different areas and different cases and different times of the year, I don't look at from the perspective of, yes, okay, where would a body be or where would this be? But where would scent be? And scent behavior changes throughout the day. So if we, let's say, search in the early morning, scent conditions can be very, very different, especially here in the south in the summertime and it's very hot and humid and things like that. Scent in the middle of the day is almost non-existent because the hot uh, sun and the heat literally zaps it. It literally kills scent. So there's a rhyme and a reason of why we use these dogs in certain areas, certain times of the day, and certain times of the year. A great example of that is that when we're working with archaeology uh, projects, these are typically the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, these other type of wars that happened 150, 200, 300 years ago. We never work those in the heat. Because not so much the dogs can't do it, it's because if the scent is not there, the dogs will never be able to pick it up because it's not there. So when we work these old historical uh, projects or even cold cases, the time of the day and the time of the year does matter, not because of the abilities of the dog, but because of the behavior of the scent. Part of what I was hoping for on Melissa's case, obviously, is that we would alert on the torso, possibly. And I knew if any two dogs could do it, it was going to be yours. But one thing that fascinated me is your dog had its nose to the ground probably 90% of the time. But I noticed a couple of times his nose would go straight up in the air. That particular day, if you recall, we actually started earlier in the morning. And we did spend some time speaking with the family and and things like that. So as we were talking, the scent conditions changed a little bit. If you think about fog, that's the best way to kind of visually look at this for the listeners. When you see fog in the morning, it's down in the lower valleys. And if you actually watch fog as the day heats up, the fog actually lifts up. So that's a great analogy and a great example of what, quote, human scent especially cadaver scent does. It settles into the lower valleys during the evening, and as the heat of the day rises, so does the scent rise. So that's why you see those different behaviors in a dog as far as their nose on the ground or nose up in the air. They're telling us a story, and that's where, quote, my mind has to step in in this partnership is that this dog is telling us a story. And what is that story telling us? When a dog alerts, or some people say, you know, he's made a hit, is because they have picked up human remains scent in this area. However, as a dog handler, in my mindset, and what part of my job is, is not only putting the dog in the right place, in the right area at the right time of day, but also reading the information and the story that he is telling us. And part of that story is change of behavior or what we call COB. So I've recognized over the years, I was so focused on, all right, my dog's got an alert. I'm going to wait for this alert, which my dogs are trained to sit when they find scent. That's their trained alert behavior. 
So I'm so focused when I started this is to say, all right, I'm looking for the alert. Is he going to sit? Is he going to sit? Is he going to sit? But through maturity and experience, I realized, you know, that's not the, the most important thing. The most important thing is reading the whole story. So when we have, quote, a change of behavior, that to me is just as important because scent sometimes, especially in these really old cases like Melissa's, can be so fickle and so faint that that slightest, quote, change of behavior, the, 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 the rise of the dog's head or the change of direction in his nose or, or his tail or something, that in itself may be the only thing that the dog does that gives me some hint that he may be picking something up, but the scent is so fickle and so faint and so difficult, and the conditions are so challenging right now, that may be the only thing he can give me. And you know, it's so important what you just mentioned about change of behavior, because for me, I hammer and hammer and hammer patterns, patterns, patterns. And as soon as somebody breaks a pattern, that's my first red flag. So you're saying the opposite is also true. It could also be a positive thing. But again, I know when we were out there at Melissa's scene, you know, your dogs were telling you all kinds of things and nothing was going to be negative. There was no failure on that day. And we all talked about it. One thing your dogs did was told us where the evidence wasn't. So the whole thing was powerful for me. And I just want to ask you one more question. And I want people to know the overall about that day. It was hot. And you were wearing your full uniform. And you were working these dogs running, basically, in and out of the woods, in and out of briars, in and out of, you know, other terrain that was difficult to traverse. But at the end of it, you had run two dogs for I don't know how long. You had already walked the scene yourself to familiarize yourself. But then, Trace, you took so much time with Melissa's mama and explained exactly what you did, exactly what the dogs told you about, exactly what they were capable of and weren't capable of. Just watching you with her, I just thought, man, this is a part of running a canine that most people probably don't know but I thought that part was just as important. Well, I appreciate that, Cheryl. There's two parts to what you just said. When I'm working with any officials and even with family members, I can only promise them one thing. At the end of the day, we will know more than we did at the beginning of this day. And you're right. These dogs, they tell us two things. They tell us where something is and they tell us where something isn't. It's extremely rare that we take the dogs to an area and we find what we're looking for right away. It happens, and we're always excited when that happens, but it's rare. I have learned that knowing where something isn't can be just as important, if not even more important, than knowing where something is. And most of these cases are not about the smoking gun, so to speak. It's about just hard, dogged perseverance, determination, not giving up, leaving no stone unturned, and checking every place, even if it's not a high-priority area. At least we can mark it off the list. It's never a waste of time. It's never, like you say, a negative thing. 
We now know more about this case than we did the day before, and we know she's not here, her remains aren't here, and what we're looking for is not here, and we can move on from that. So I would say that these dogs are so much, so many things that, yes, they are a partner, they are a teammate, they are a tool, but they're also investigators. And like you as an investigator, myself as an investigator, and so many investigators out there, you may go through literally hundreds of tips and leads and nothing comes of it. But it's always that one tip, that one lead. And I always approach it that way. It could be, this could be that one day. So with that said and tying it back into the family, whether you're getting paid for this, whether you're volunteering your time, it doesn't matter. These families deserve the very best I can give to them. These dogs, they, the families deserve the very best that these dogs can give to them. And I approach every case that way because the families deserve that. I have worked cases where we did find the person's loved one and we immediately have to come out and we have to give a death notification. And it's extremely, as you know, emotional. The grieving, the the screaming, the hitting, the punching, the denial, the the anger, the just the heartache, all of that. At the same time, Cheryl, I rather have that any day than what I did in Melissa's case. And I've done it so many times it doesn't get any easier because you can see the expression on their face when they there's just something about a dog and they're like, oh wow, it's Ren Tin Tin, it's Lassie, it's you know, all of these kind of heroic kind of things. And these dogs do have superpowers. And for them to see the dog and get out of the vehicle, it's almost like, oh finally, finally they're going to give the answers we're so, so desperately need and deserve. It's a lot of responsibility. So i rather have the screaming and the hurting and the pain of a death notification than I would walking out of the woods and looking at Melissa's family or any other family member and saying, I'm sorry, I wish I could give you answers. I do have answers for you, but we, we haven't found your loved one yet. And it's just, it's heartbreaking for them. It really is. My heart really, again, hurts for them. The reality is a lot of these cases do become cold and not to say that they're not important, but there's only so much law enforcement can do. So it's it's really heartbreaking that these families think, well, nobody cares anymore. And I just want them to know that, yes, people still care. And God willing, as long as I can physically do this and the dogs can physically do this, we're going to continue searching for Melissa and any of those other missing persons as long as we can. Well, you know I'm going to call you because I'll tell you what you did that day for me. I have a theory of what I think happened to the torso, and the fact you didn't find it helped me solidify what I believe. And I think that speaks to the killer and the killer's mindset at the time. So, Trace, I cannot thank you enough for coming. I cannot thank you enough for being a part of my Zone 7 for all these years. And again, answering the call every time I make it to you. So I appreciate you so much, and we will, I'm sure, talk to you again. And y'all, I'm going to end Zone 7 the way I always do, with a quote from somebody in my Zone 7. 
His quote comes from Todd Pitchford, who's a detection dog expert with Detection Dogs of America. And Todd says, trust your dog. I'm Cheryl McCollum, and this is Zone 7. Next week, Zone 7 will hear from Carl Patton, the Flint River Killer, in the only way that Carl Patton can communicate with us, from behind the walls of his prison cell. He will speak to us about his daughter, Melissa, his crimes, his life before and after being arrested. There is no other case like this in history where the killer reaches out to law enforcement and then a nonprofit for help in solving their daughter's murder. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.